This is the EPLOG audio experience. How will the role of the modern people manager evolve? What are the things that one cannot be theoretically taught to people managers and yet must be known? Hello, this is Yashika and we are on episode 101 of Voice of Achievers and it's people managers and stepping up as leaders 101 with our esteemed guest today on our special people and HR series. Mr. Yuvraj Srivastava is the group CHRO at Make My Trip, which encompasses Make My Trip, Go IB Bow and Red Bus. He served with Asian Paints, the Oberoi group of hotels, PepsiCo India, before joining Make My Trip in 2014. He's a certified executive coach and trainer for programs on change management, executive coaching and behavioural assessments. Yuvraj is the recipient of multiple awards and recognitions including the 100 most influential HR leaders in India, 100 most talented global HR leaders amongst many others. He's the president of the NHRD Network Delhi chapter, the member of the advisory panel of CBFC, the Government of India, the HR Committee of FICI and the HR and Leadership Committee of CII. Now, the interesting bit is that before transitioning into the corporate world in 1997, he served with the Indian Armed Forces for six years and participated in various counter-insurgency operations in the Jammu and Kashmir sector. Welcome to the show. Happy to have you. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Yashika. Pleasure to be here. You know, Yuraj, one of the interesting things about the career trajectory that I saw was, you know, we, when we say the army background, I think the first stereotype that one is hit with is discipline. Apart from that, that we anyway have in our mindset, what are the nuances that an army background professional brings to the HR table? Yeah, so I think this question is asked very frequently to me, Ashika, because people see this as a very unique transition, whereas it's not something which is very unique. Many of the, uh, you know, Fajis do come to the corporate world, but there are many, uh, very few who basically transition after five years or six years of their short service, right? I did that in 97. I joined armed forces. I was a general officer in artillery. I joined army at the age of 20 and a half after finishing my graduation in psychology from the University of Allahabad. I had not yet finished my graduation. I got selected for this exam and then I don't think there was any other option at that point of time and had a great learning. I always tell people that, you know, five and a half, six years in army is the best management education one can get anywhere. No MBA education, no management education can really beat the type of learning what you get in five and a half years there and uh, armed forces. True. I came back from Army, did my MBA from IMT Ghaziabad. I had a qualification in psychology as you had always been very, very intrigued and fascinated with organizational behavior, abnormal psychology, personality traits, uh, Freud and Jung and all that stuff. So I think that I'd always been very, very keen to really work with people. And that's how the transition happened. When people ask me that, what is, what is that you bring from Army? You said discipline, you know, but most of the time we forget that discipline, besides discipline, army also teaches you to be, be flexible while being disciplined. Hmm. And I think that 
everybody says that this is what you take an order, you accept an order, you reach places in time, you do everything in a very structured way. That's what the discipline is. But discipline also means, from my point of view, flexibility of approach, right? Being very disciplined to be flexible and adaptive to the environment around. And that's what Army teaches you while you be disciplined. You also be open to ideas. You also be open to new scenarios. So that is something which really, really, uh, I think, uh, comes to you naturally after serving in Army. I also, uh, you know, feel that, you know, in Army, alignment happens very quickly with the objectives of the organization where you serve. Hmm. In armed forces, I don't think that you have many objectives. You know, you have an objective of serving the country and saving the country and protecting the country. So quick alignment with the org objective and org vision happens. Right. And that again, what you bring to the to the table when you come to the organization Lovely. organizations where you work. So you quickly get aligned. There's not much of a dissonance in your thought that, you know, is this right? Is this wrong? Should we do it or should we not do it? You get into the organization, what the organization is trying to achieve. You don't have to take make much of an effort. You straight away get aligned to the thought and you start delivering and working for this. So that's alignment is very, very important. And I always felt that, you know, uh, my ability to align with the larger objective of the organization had always been uh, good for that matter. You know? I also feel that, you know, uh, Army teaches you to really accept the differences of people. You know, in Army, nice. you work with a diverse set of people. You work with the Jawans, you work with the soldiers who come from very different background. They come from a very different background in terms of financial, economical, social background. And you start respecting the differences. You start accepting that what, what people bring to the table. And you start respecting the dignity of the work what people do. You know, a soldier is a soldier. He may not be of your cadre, but when he fights in the operations, he fights next to you. He is one of your partner who does everything for you. So I think that... Uh, that respecting the differences, respecting the capability of people, respecting the competence of people and accepting them the way they are. How do you really get best out of those set of people who are on a normal distribution curve in terms of capability, competence, attitude, motivation, drivers? Is again something what you what you learn in armed forces that get the best out of your people. And that's what I have seen getting reflected in whatever I have done in my career. I think that whenever any assignment I have taken, I, had, I have not changed the teams. I have worked with the teams which had been given to me. Uh, it was only because of the thought that, you know, you don't choose people. You need to get the best out of people. That's something which, uh, again, Army teaches. And I feel that I brought uh, to the table when I came to the corporate world. That's how I reply. This, uh, this is beautiful. And I like I like how you say that uh, you one brings out the best in people. I'm just sort of taking this to the workplace scenario. When we're saying that as an as a people manager, we want the best out of people. I'm sure most people, all the people managers want to. But where does one draw the line, Yuvraj? In terms of when do you know that you must take a hard call as an HR professional or a people manager that this is definitely not working out with X professional? When I got selected in armed forces, uh, Yashika, let, let me again take you back to 1990 in the Bhopal Selection Board. You know, we were 75 of us who were there for the selection process. And, and the general, General Saab who came and declared our result, he said that, you know, everybody has potential, everybody has capability. It's only a question of you identifying the right set of place for you to really deliver your talent. So what I'm trying to say is that everybody has capability. Hmm. And when you look up in the organizations, it's very easy to really compartmentalize people that 
who are doing well and who are not doing well. It's more important to spend time with the people who are not doing well and figure out what talent and capabilities they bring to the table and in what roles they can do better. I think if the that process is followed, then people can be really look for a different role. People can have very different drivers of motivations, right? People can be sitting in the wrong roles. And if that be so, the first requirement of a manager is to really figure out that what the fellow is good at and where the person should really be deployed, rather than really writing off and making it a very binary decision of either in or out sort of a thing for an, for an individual. Having said that, if you have to really also look at that, where should it stop as you right. as you asked me, you know? I think mistakes are not a problem in any organization, right? However, if there's a mistake, ensure that you learn from that mistake and move forward rather than repeating that mistake and again and again. So if somebody is repeating the same mistake again and again and not being able to really comprehend the brief, then I think it's, a, it's time for a person to really be given a feedback on that looking for an alternate role or alternate job for a person to do that approach is that seven out of ten people really turn around and start delivering so that's what my philosophy has been so i think to answer your question repetition of mistakes and again again despite of clear brief is a red flag uh, and that's the time when should really be one should be look for an alternate role alternate job or figuring out more what the motivation of the person is. I'm going to pick on one of the aspects that you brought up. You said it's important for people, managers, to understand uh, what motivates the team member, what motivates them, and uh, maybe they may be sitting in, in the wrong role. So understand and then, you know, help them pivot. Uh, is there a framework or is there a tip that you would like to share that can help upcoming people, managers or leaders spot that in their team members? My theory has been that don't look at people's functional capability at the outset. You know, many times when you start looking at people in your function, whether it's a finance, HR, marketing, sales, you start looking at these four or five skills, like in case somebody is in HR, how good a person is in you know, understanding the compliances, how good a person in terms of understanding the theories of learning and development, how good a person is maybe in comp and bin understanding. My theory has always been to look at the basic bare bone intellect and attitude of a person. Nice. I ask in interviews questions which are not connected with the function. I try to figure out how well aware a person is about things around him or her, right? And if the basic intellect, good attitude is present, I think you can always mold a person and help the person develop uh, you know, functional skills. Talent get manifested by things which are not at the workplace, not connected to the work. People who are doing great in extracurricular in the organization, people who basically are very positive in the conversation, people who are very disciplined at the workplace, people who have shown a lot of keenness to really participate and ask questions. These are some of the areas which shows the keenness of an individual. These are some of the threads which you can really pick it up and identify people who have potential, zeal and keenness to do well. And then the rest of the things can be always built, you know, the rest of the things have to be trained. So from my point of view, I always advise people that when I hire, I hire good human beings. I yes. hire people who are honest. I hire people who are who have good attitude. I hire people who are positive and rest of the things I can really build on or they are table stake because if you're getting into a role, I don't think that you will not be having any skills around that. So that's the play normally normally use. You know, Ashka, I 
ask questions many times in my interviews to people that you know if i if you are married if i need to ask your wife that you know what are couple of things she would like you to change hmm what is this uh, question that's all i ask people hmm. that, you know if i i ask people that you know if i have to call up your mother right now and i'm sure that mothers and wives are very and spouses are very honest if my if your mother has to be asked that what she would like to really be changed in you as a person what would that be people come out with very spontaneous answers and those answers basically give you an idea that what the person is because the questions are laced with emotions questions are laced with personalized uh, uh, requirement of answers and the uh, question is also laced with something which you really pull around and if that really brings out uh, that brings out the real personality of people you actually mentioned that there are some things that can be and some cannot that cannot be taught what is it with respect to people management in leaders that cannot be taught in institutes and that one learns as one manages or or is on the job your basic theoretical learning only gives you a foundation to really pivot your thinking hmm it doesn't give you solution for the real situation what is at hand and the same thing happens in the in the corporate world your theoretical learnings are only ensuring that your foundations are strong it doesn't give you solution for the situation what you are facing and at the workplace i think that people dynamics you know people can be different right yashika in one organization you can work with very very different set of people you mm. work with european company you may have to work with a very different set of people you work with the american multinational you'll have a very different set of people you'll be interacting with you work with indians it will be very different set of people and this does not really get taught anywhere you know cultural nuances can be taught but how people dynamics play out in the organization is not taught you need to really learn this and you need to have keen observation you need to have keen understanding of the human behavior you need to understand the keen drivers of people what really motivates somebody else to do something what basically derails somebody's behavior all these areas are something what you learn on the job mm. this is not taught in the institutes you can't really understand you know you may understand human behaviors personality types can be taught at the institutes right but how the personalities manifest their behavior at the workplace can never be taught and that only comes with an with an experience you know other thing uh, is what is not taught is the prioritization organizations are very dynamic if you get stuck to your own priority list hmm. and you are not syncing your priority with the priority of your stakeholders priority of your organization then you are not delivering to anyone neither you are delivering to yourself nor you are delivering to the organization nor you are delivering to the stakeholders so prioritization again with a changing set of scenarios the changing set of demand changing set of market ecosystem again changes and you only learn at the workplace uh, you know that 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 what how you need to really prioritize one of the key roles or responsibilities as people managers for most is to bring out the creativity and innovation of the team members is there a tip again or a framework that you have experienced and successfully used to help your team members or to bring out that creative spark in them one thing which i always tell people is that you need to and within hr i always say that you know think of not building hr think of unbuilding hr if you will unbuild hr you will think creatively if you will try to build hr you'll only think on the track what has been 
given to you. For an example, if I have to really, uh, share with you, uh, when Go Ibibo make my trip Red Bus merger happened, there was a leave policy which had to really be defined. In every organization had a very different leave policy, Ashika. Somebody had 24 days in a year, somebody had 32 days in a year, somebody had 28 days in a year. Now imagine a situation wherein the organization, which is the biggest one, had 24 days leave. And if everybody of this organization goes to 32 days leave, then the number of people multiplied by additional number of days, it would have been a very different set of productivity coming to the workplace, right? And there are a lot of discussion happening in policy alignment. Hmm. And a thought came up that why do we need a leave policy? And then people got on to figuring out, uh, you know, let's look at the leave availment details of individuals. And everybody realized that people don't take more than 18, 20, 24 days leave in a year. And most of the time, leaves are either balanced or leaves are carried forward. And leaves are supposed to be sanctioned by the managers within the given framework. Hmm. So we said that, why do we need to have this? Let's remove the leave policy and say, take leave whenever you need, provided your manager sanctions it. And then people had a lot of resistance. People thought, what is this solution? I said that, yes, obviously, if you look at the record, 80% leave is only getting availed by everyone. Hmm. Why to get on to creating a policing system and putting a system up? We came out with this idea and we implemented it. Last four years, five years, we have no leave policy, which says that leave policy says that manager can sanction leave whenever it is needed. And we see that number of days of leave availed by people are more or less same what it used to be when the policy was there. So yes. that was a creative solutioning of... Uh, a problem what what we had in hand so th there can be many things uh, as a process when you look at uh, goal setting process organizations run after everyone every quarter to set mm. your goals evaluate yourself fill up your feedback form we have been contemplating that how can we really take this process to the individuals and say that hey you are responsible to fi finalize your goals you are responsible to give your feedback how you have done organization will not chase you can we really have a process wherein you rate yourself and tell us how you have done and then it will only be validated sort of a thing. So I think there, are, there can be many ways of looking at uh, creativity and innovation at the place. First thing is that you need to completely out of the come out of a structure of policies, guidelines, redundant systems of 80 years, 100 years. Think more in the context rather than really thinking within the context. Now you, uh, you know, Many things what happens in HR are driven by the fact that HR started with the concept of servant-master relationship way back in mm. early 90s. When people used to come to the work, they never had any other job and masters used to tell them what to do and they used to go after nine, nine hours. Many things continue to be the same. Whereas the generations have changed, educated people have come to the workforce, there's a, you know, there, there's a lot of issue in terms of retention, attrition and all, but we still follow the same models and the frameworks what we do. In the so I think it's important to really think out of the box by coming out of your own framework and then challenge things. And if you challenge things, you get solutions. And that's how uh, I tell people that, you know, some people came and gave, gave me a presentation on entitlement on travel policies, you know, how can we really change it with a mm. grid of, you know, city A, city B, city C. We said that, you know, why do we need this? Why can't we really have trust in people and, and assume that they'll go and spend money the way they will spend their own money in travel and stay? Can you really drive that sort of a thought process? Hmm. So I think 
creativity and innovation at the workplace will only come in once you come out of the restructured thought process of uh, baggage of the past and you look at solutioning without getting uh, caught by the policies guidelines and think of unbuilding processes rather than building processes this is again an interesting experiment that you bring up tell me yuvraj is is it easy to completely give the control to and hold the team member responsible you decide you know your okrs how much leeway is too much leeway as a people manager to be given to a team member and do they really embrace it and perform then why do they come to the workplace tell me why do people come to the work why do people join organizations did if you have a premise that people come to the organization to work prosper deliver grow become uh, successful and that's why they have done education and that's what they want to see themselves in life then you will treat them as an adult you will not treat them as a, a class teachers wherein you Very will give them a homework to come and come and do it right i have not asked you to come and work with me right there are people who are working with the organization on their own premise when they come to the organization they come their own own volition most of the cases i'm just taking it as a generic example right why do you cage adults in the processes which are meant for kids hmm and if you and if you do it that way then you basically uh, condition them to really keep waiting for the guidelines to do things which can which can help them propel their career why can't you let let certain things which are important for you to do to grow in your career be done by you you know way back yashika training always used to happen in the rooms right and around a decade around a decade back many organizations got on to creating a budget for individuals okay person a has a budget of 20000 rupees in a year you decide what trainings you want to do please go and do it identify a program in the open workshop or identify a program within the organization and please join it why should i tell you that you need this training program why you 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 also know what what your aspirations are what sort of training programs aligns with your thought process and your need and that's how started working in many companies in pepsico we used to do that you give a budget to people and say that you decide what you want to do right and many organizations do it like that so that was a change in the way you look at learning and development nice. and training can you really look at things uh, with a similar lens in every process and try to unbuild you will come to a solution which can be creative and innovative yashika has there been a challenge when you know you may have implemented this with any team member on learning or the uh, you know performance management systems performance management systems yes people people will have resistance people will have that leave policy uh, change managers came back and said how do we tell people not to take leave because there is no policy we said that's your job are you not accountable to deliver the work through your team if you have a if you have a work and you don't want a person to go on leave you tell the person you can't go on leave having an uncapped policy does not really mean that you can go on leave whenever you want mm having an uncapped leave policy means that your manager is supposed to be telling that you know yes you can go on leave so i think ownership at the end of at the both end basically creates that sort of a system which can be very very evolved and trust in the team members ownership at the both end at the manager and the employee or the team member basically makes an organization far more happier successful innovative and creative yashika uh you know you spoke about the evolution of hr yuvraj and you know from the servant to master relationship now that we live in an era of technology and that there is 
you know a conversation about ai taking over and technology taking over multiple job functions what will the role of the hr manager or the people leader be then in the changing scenario yes you know there was a saying in army that machines are good but man behind the machines are always important right whatever amount of ai automation technology comes in i think that you would always need great managers who can manage those processes hmm. it's not that everything will get managed on its own that's why you will see like in make my trip we have half of the guys in hr are engineers by background and nowadays most of the people also do we go to the management institutes you'll find many people coming with an engineering background but the fact is hr or the people processes are no more the same humanities subject right you have very technically qualified kids coming and joining hr so the first requirement is to have best of the people to manage the processes hmm. if it is automated if it is technology driven everything your work as an individual far more becomes keener sharper and important because the technology popa can really create a lot of issues so you need more intelligent people to really manage that and that's where the hr would uh, or the sharper hr professionals will be far more successful so that's how they should think of automation ai i think uh, other important uh, thing what people need to understand and uh, for the hr professional especially is that there's no time to really assimilate and learn for long hmm so organizations are fast dynamic you know there is no 6 months management trainee program for you to really learn everything and then come and start delivering right it's important for you to ensure that you while you are doing one job you are also understanding the other job which is not there with you hmm. so how do you uh, deliver with speed how are you mentally agile to really also appreciate what's happening around and you are also mentally calculating yourself that you know what is making impact and what is not making an impact will make you successful your ability to differentiate between value adding activities and non value adding activities and then focusing on value adding activities will again be one skill which will be very important nice and we keep doing this in our organization every year that what all we did last year what are the things which we should really remove constant reviews and const- constant reviews and re- removing things which are not making sense Makes we sense. used to have a full and final process which in every every organization will have full and final process in most organizations will have lot of to and fro in terms of mail calculations being sent to the person who has gone out comes uh, he reviews it it comes in somebody else reviews it so in the whole process even in the separation and onboarding of people there can be many non value adding activities which are not needed or no. some of the activities which can happen before the person comes on board so i think ability to differentiate value adding and non value adding activities and focusing more on value adding activities and being far more efficient in delivery will again be important for people to uh, deliver last but not the least is hr every we say that hr is an enabling process it is an enabling process but hr has become very important and critical in every organization you know hr is sub, not only supposed to be a subject matter expert when it comes to people hr has become a very very consultative role they have become consultants to many managers in the organizations because you know gone are the days when the people managers or the top senior leaders would always be 
having that sort of an exposure of handling large teams hmm. today you have lot of people who come who may not have an experience of handling teams and and they have been interested in the job of uh, uh, leading teams so the hr leaders who can handle transitions of such leaders in the organization effectively uh, would be again very successful so these are some of the important roles what hr will folks will have to do and if they do these roles i think they will rise and shine in the organization and they'll create an impact interesting you know if if you were to look back there's there've been so many industries there's been the fmcg manufacturing there's been the service industries has there been one aspect which has remained a constant challenge in terms of people that one needs to navigate as an hr professional or a people manager what would that be my thought is more towards individual behavior and leadership traits you know many times as leaders we are not able to bring in a balance between our aspirations and organization's requirement i may like to do something which is a path breaking initiative right which can which can be a big experiment from my side and that's my aspiration as a professional because that will also establish me as a great professional in the fraternity in the industry but the fact is my organization is not ready for it interesting and that 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 challenge is that challenge is immense people falter on those challenges and they harm themselves as well as the organizations beautiful what does achievement mean to you yuvraj very theoretic philosophical question i think uh, i would say i should define my own 5 on 5 okay. and if i achieve that i should i should be happy with it because i always believe that you know your ratings evaluations in the organizations or by people are always relative yashika can be 4 i can be 3 on the scale of 5 but she is 4 only because i am 3 it's not that she is in absolute term 4 right how do i define my own 5 on 5 and continuously meet that 5 on 5 rather than really getting carried away by the fact that i am 4 out of 5 or 5 out of 5 because somebody else has been 3 out of 5 Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So it's it's your it's your own benchmarks, and meeting those benchmarks is something uh, important. And that's how I say that for me, achievement is this, not my rating, not my increments, not my work. Achievement again, on the other hand, is my my credibility. If people come to me and say that if I have reached to you and I know that uh, it will be a fair call. if people come and talk to me and not to me i'm saying that to anybody if they come and say uh we trust you and we know that what you will do will be in the best interest of the organization and people i think that's an achievement for me Beautiful. that's not something which is uh, mean to me and that's a biggest reward if i have to really look at it that way rather than really uh, looking at what have i have delivered so one keeps you at peace one makes you sleep at peace in the night nice if people say that you 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 are trustworthy guy and second one is keeps you on toes when you say that your 5 on 5 is your 5 on 5 that uh, wakes you up in the morning every day to be really again rejuvenated and do your best that truly are the words of a people manager people leader uh, yuvraj but uh, thank you so much thanks for your insights and your experiences it was lovely having you on the show thank you so thank much thank you Thanks a lot. Thanks, thanks, Ashika. Thanks for tuning in. Feel free to share your thoughts and feedback in the comment section. Do rate us on Apple Podcasts 
if you like the episode subscribe or hit follow voice of achievers on apple podcast google podcasts hub hopper spotify geo savan gana or wherever you get your podcasts from send us an email on editor at voiceofachievers.com or find us on voiceofachievers.com to share guest suggestions or topics that you'd like us to cover don't forget to tune in next week again voice of achievers on eplog media